Hello again, this is Black for the Cavern to... Huh? What weird acoustics. <clears throat> Hello again, this is Black for the Cavern to... Okay, something's wrong. Usually I have problems partway through, but... Shoot, not at the beginning. Hello again, this is Mowag. Oh, for crying out loud. Whoa, Mowag, what's wrong? It's this equipment. It's doing something to my audio. I can't get a proper recording. Here, let me try. Hello again, this is Morris for the Cavern to... Oh, I see what you mean. I have been having a similar problem. <laughs> I have been having a similar problem. No, I'd say that is a totally different problem. Wait, Jeff. You too? Hi, guys. Guess what I did with the forms. Let's try it. Moose seems to be having a strange glitch, too. Hey, I know what you think. But I swear I'm not doing it. If anyone would do it, I guess it would be Moose. No, really, I swear. Okay, we really need to find a way to mute that. Alright, that's the clincher. We're standing here and suddenly the sound stops? Somebody's messing with us. Somebody who can also hear us. Dalkin, you've gone from rewind slash replay to reverse slash Playback. I think I know who the culprit is. Hold on. Based on where this audio cable is going, I think I know right where he is. Janathus? We're coming for you. I have to admit, Dalkin, you've adapted well to this hindrance of yours. And you, Jeff, are getting more and more musical with each phrase. As have you, Alhan. And you too, Moog. And you too, Moog. <laughs> <laughs> I got it! Janathus is up here on the balcony feeding audio tune into the key somehow through this neighborhood buddy list. Wait a minute. Oh, Dalkin, you're talking forward again. I know. Whew. That is a relief. Anyhow, Autotune doesn't reverse people. How are you reversing me? Oh, I'll never tell. <sighs> well, with that dispensed with, I can get this Moog thought recorded. And we can get the rest of the podcast rolling. If someone is done being mischievous, I am. For now. <sighs> Another day at the cavern today. Hello and welcome to The Cavern Today, Episode 6 for October 2010. This is Tyon, your host for this podcast. 
You know, there's no denying that the world as we know it has a bit of mist in it. When you hear that Zangrmarsh in the massively multiplayer RPG World of Warcraft is in part inspired by Uru, you begin to wonder just how far this influence spreads. Having recently played with a demo called Cumulus, created on the Quest 3D platform by a company called Paladin Studios, you have no trouble sensing a mist-like vibe. Janathus has been in touch with that company, and he discovered there are some mist fans amongst the staffers. When you try Cumulus, you have no trouble seeing that those staffers definitely hold some sway where designs and concepts are concerned. You begin to wonder if that's the legacy of Myst. It's known as the one-time best-selling CD-ROM game of all time, and arguably the best-selling adventure game of all time. Whether Myst as a franchise perpetuates or not, the gaming industry as we know it has been touched by the effect Myst had on the industry, and I personally think we're all a little better off for it. With that said, our podcast this month will be a bit more over the fence in that it's not entirely Myst-related. However, as we are all gamers, we all have our angle on technology that we'd like to see covered. 3D tech, current titles, old titles being redone, and all manner of news that appeals to our staffers and audience. We do our best to cater to our listeners, and I hope that you find the efforts worthwhile. The talk in this podcast is a bit longer than our usual fare, but it has the return of our beloved Sherry. And when you bring her on to talk about things, well, there's plenty to be said. So, I give you The Cavern Today, Episode 6. Enjoy! listening to another edition of TCT Talk, your roundtable chatterbox about the goings-on in the cavern community. And anything and everything over the fence from that, gaming, you name it. This month we have with us Anthony. Hey guys, I'm back! Wing. Ostriches. Dalkin. Greetings, citizens! Janathus. Welcome to the cavern today. And his magic helmet. And me, Sherry. Hi! They got me back. Anyway, okay. What, what are we talking about? Do the about? charity dance. Do the charity dance. <laughs> swivel, swivel, swivel. Do the charity dance. First up, the good old games website went down. It no, it can't be true. And then it, it came back up. And it Yay! was not really that different. <laughs> and if you had a login to what they called the beta period... You got a free game. What? Okay. Explain to me what Good Old Games is. Because remember, well, I'm... as you may or may not know, computer games have existed for many millennia, predating today's current Windows 7 operating system. They, they existed on Windows Vista, Windows XP, Windows 98, and what have you. They existed on DOS. Good Old Games has come up with right, an idea like that, of... That, that ancient stone tablet computer thing... Oh, wait. Hey, wait, wait, wait. I, I, I turned on their website, at, which is funny. It's GOG.com. 
And I'm looking at the, the titles they have, and sure enough, on the right-hand side, Mist Masterpiece Edition. Yep, they yes. just got that not that long ago. Thank you. Woot. Love the Mist Universe. Be a part of the Mist Universe. Oh, yeah, baby. Yep. And uh, yes. so their Keep whole point me. is to actually make all those old games that worked on old operating systems and old setups work on today's operating systems. So you can buy them today on and play them on a brand new computer. And because they're older games, they don't need that really heightened hardware to run it. So old games like uh, Giant Citizen Kabuto or... Uh, yeah, I know you didn't know what that was. Hmm. Well, I but, mean, but it's fun. It's a fun game, and it's a funny game too. I I think it's interesting, though. I mean, I don't know. I I'm gonna have to explore this good old games further, because I don't know if anybody else has this problem, but try installing Mist in its original form onto one of these new machines, and it's just like, huh? What? You have to, what is it, uninstalled your Flash player? Well, oh, no, uh, that was QuickTime. Oh, QuickTime. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, um, but the Riven, you can just install and it just runs. Yeah, I, I know. I tried to put, uh, I have my missed 10th anniversary edition. Uh, you know, the nice boxed edition they had. Uh, I took it over to my sister's when she was going through chemotherapy. And I, t- I took it for her and I tried to install Mist and it went, no, I'm not doing it. Yep. Yeah, it, it says it doesn't like you, it, yeah. and, and it's it's like, neener, neener, can't play. How, how, how can you live without the original Mist? I mean, come on. Collecting I have friends that don't even know what it is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I've dealt with that, like, pretty much my whole life for some reason. There are all kinds of games I've played that people don't know about anymore. Yeah. Years ago, old. I was at a GameStop at uh, this Ooh, mall nearby, four. and... Uh, Somebody was walking in there and he said, "Oh, you can get missed." He's like, "I hate that game. Where are all the people?" I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> I think part wow. of the point is there are no people. <laughs> That's the point is why guys, aren't there any people? Right. Guys, uh, last uh, in the spring semester, you, I I don't know if the community knows. That's why I've been out. Of, I'm in school again. I'm uh, I'm at UNLV, and uh, it was really funny. We had to do a, a, a piece for. Um, we had to do a, a project about the most interesting, you know, what's your most interesting thing in your life. And I did my presentation on being a part of the Uru community and being a part of the Mist Universe. Okay, I'm 39. Most of the kids I go to school with are 18. They 40 were like, if you round what's up. Missed? What's missed? It Don't make me 40 yet, John. Or I will <laughs> anyway, no. Uh, <laughs> and they were like, what is this? You know, and I was, and I sat there kind of like, Okay, I'm you don't know right around now, <laughs> and so I did. I did. I did seven minutes on being a part of the Mist Universe and taking an adventure through a book, and they're like, uh, "Can you text it?" And I'm like, <laughs> "Can what? you text it?" <laughs> can you, you know, and I'm just thinking to myself, going, "Where is my Atari 2600 so I can just crawl underneath it?" Yeah. <laughs> They, they, they know the Halos and the, the Call of Duties. Yeah, the gaming community has changed over the years. Losers. Sigh. <laughs> what happened to the intellectuals? What happened to the good old They didn't go away. They were just outnumbered. Yeah, adventure games have become more um, action adventure. Yeah. And to that end, I kind of have the problem myself, like uh, playing Riven. I have to really change my mindset to sit down and play it. Because I'm just used to games being much, much more fast-paced. 
I still play those style games. I mean, I still play Civilization, and that's (laughs) turn-based. Okay. Now, the whole thing, if if you really want action-adventure blood and gore in a mist game, it's the Riven Counting Machine. That's right. Count to four. Have the guy get eaten by the shark. There you go. There's your violence. Nom. That's not a shark. That's a wark. Yeah. <laughs> Sherry, your lore was just corrected. How do you feel? Yes, I know, I know. I, do you know how long it's been since I've played Riven? Forever. You Ten know, years. I, you remember, I played, <laughs> I played, uh, was it uh, Riven and Exile after I played Uru? <laughs> so, Ooh, wow. Now, let me just warn you um, if, yeah. if you get Riven on good old games or if you get it on Steam, you have one particular problem you want to be aware of before running the game. What would you tell? Any programs you run on the computer, don't run them while you're running Riven. <laughs> don't Ooh, leave Skype yeah. up. Don't leave your instant messenger up. Don't leave anything on the screen. Only run the game, and I'll tell you why. Because the Did game's going to scale you down to 640 by 480, and everything that uh, was on the screen will be scaled down to 640 by 480. When the game is over, you'll you'll have a nice little 640 by 480 web browser or a nice 640 by 480 buddy list for Skype. So, yeah, you, if you leave everything off, you'll avoid that issue. Yeah, I had the, the same problem when I was playing uh, Dark Forces on Steam. Um, it, it scaled everything down to, like, the tiniest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was fun. And Steam looks awesome at 640 by 480 I can see, like, one of my games in my game list. It's awesome. <laughs> so, yep. so Much less giant bitmapped images, you know? It's like, yeah, oh, The look. sad thing is, is I can still remember playing on a 640 by 480 uh, screen when I was like three years old. Remember when 1024 by 768 was gargantuan? Wow! Yes. Nobody used oh, that big wow. resolution. <laughs> hey, when I was in when I was in web design school, dude, 800 by 600, man, that's what you designed for. I look at yeah, some of the. I think they still do. It's like, oh. Nope, it's now the 1024 by. Is it okay? Seven. Seven sixty-eight. Uh, on a on a funny oh, resolution yeah. note, if you if you if any of you folks remember Supergram, mm-hmm. uh, she uh-huh. had a she did a screenshot of her web browser one day to show me something, and I I just I had trouble not laughing at her because she's got this massive twenty-one inch CRT, and she's running eight hundred by six hundred, and she's got um, the Netscape browser. That's what she was using at the time. And you know how, like, in Internet Explorer and the early Firefox, like, all the parts of the browser could be rearranged. So you could literally have, like, the menu bar, file edit view, the address bar, the button bar with the names below the buttons, and then, like, your little links bar. Well, she had all those things in her Netscape, and there was literally, like, a two, maybe less than 30% of the screen left over at the bottom for the web page. Mind you, this is at 800 by 600. It's like when she loads web pages, she can see the header at the top. That's it. <laughs> and I was like, such a waste of a 21 inch display. Did <laughs> you start talking about this? What? Yeah, mine's 12A by 1024. Mine is a minuscule 1920 by 1200. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. What, what, John, what is mine? Uh, 1650 by. 1650 uh, by 1050. Yeah, there you go. I, I love it. You know my machine better than I do. <laughs> What kind of processor do I have? Quackware. <laughs> what video card do I have? <laughs> so wrangling the discussion uh, back to where it was. Um, so Just what is this all about? Good old games going down. Uh, they went down. It was a publicity stunt, essentially. Yep. Well, it was. It was just, you know, hey, look at us. We sell games. And they're old. 
and you want them. <laughs> you want them now! Look at how much you were panicking when we disappeared. So well, the whole thing is, the panic wasn't so much that it disappeared. It's like, I bought stuff. Yeah. What, what about the stuff I bought? And Wing, you could get Beyond Good and Evil from Beyond Good Old Games or from Steam. You have a choice. Ooh. And it's like $5 or $6. Mm. And when you have that, that job, you'll, you'll be you know able to afford that. Oh, hush. I'd rather not think about that right now. Okay. So anyway, uh, talking about old and primitive games that nobody likes, the 3DS is launch launching soon. Ha ha, comedy. According to the bullet point, it features downloadable Game Boy games. Does this mean there you can have Tetris on your 3DS? Yes, you can. Uh, that's, Any that's... Game Boy and Game Boy Color game, apparently, that they released in the color? Line. <laughs> yeah, they did do color. And Sorry, I expect I it'll be something game. like the uh, Wii's virtual console where every now and then they release a new pack of games and slowly build up the library. Are we excited? I don't know. I've still got my Game Boy Advance. If I want to play Game Boy games, I'll play it on there. Yeah, what I'm interested in is the 3D aspect. We want to see how they use that. Well, it doesn't require glasses. Nope. Yeah. but It uses so, a special because, screen. Yeah, the way it works is... You actually have to have your head in a certain position relative to the screen, and if you move out of that little position, it doesn't really work. Nope. So what are you uh, going to do? Are you playing this thing in a neck brace? No. it's The range is reasonable for yeah. normally holding it. Yeah, but it's not an effect that would work on a console. Yeah, no. people were talking about how um, they want to make TVs like this, but they said, you know, the screen size on a 3DS is possible. The screen size on a TV is prohibitively expensive. Yeah, and but, even then you'd have a pretty narrow range where you could actually sit in front but, of the television and do it. They, so you wouldn't be able to, like, you know, I don't have, think have it where, you know, you have sitting all around the living room. and. Yeah, I don't think 3D is going to catch on until you can do it without glasses. Yeah. So And without sitting in one specific spot in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> Holographic but, technology, that's what I'm waiting for. Yeah, yeah there you go. But in related... News to the virtual console. Uh, release date has been announced, at least for the Japanese market. In Japan, it's going to be released on February 26th, 2011. So any Japanese listeners, mark your calendars. Uh, it's less specific for the European and uh, North American markets. They've just said March 2011. Huh. Mm. So we have that to look forward to. Well, that's very interesting. Uh, Sherry, I hear Wild's got a new patch. Yes. Yes, Uh Recently, no <laughs> we have uh, yeah, John's uh, yeah, 4.0 has come out, and what they did is they retooled all of the talent trees in anticipation for the uh, release of Cataclysm this December. And, hey, wait a minute. Uh, they simplified the talent trees. Does that mean they're going to add to the talent trees when Cataclysm comes uh, out? No. That okay. means that it is a 40, uh, I think it's 41 point talent tree, and the caveat is, is that you have to place 31 points into a particular talent tree before you can expand to another one. And, yeah, a lot of people in the community are not happy about that. Wow. Um, which reminds me, John, you, you sent me one of those lol cats, and the lol cat says, I don't, it's got its claws bared, and it says, I don't do touchy-feely, I do ouchy-bleedy. Okay, that little picture of that black cat with its claws extended, that that was me. That was my night elf druid just going to town, eating things in my cat form. And in before the 4.0 came out, the minute 
4.0 came out, I was declawed. I was like, Mew. yeah, uh, they have nerfed a lot of classes. They nerfed cats to Kingdom Come. We've been declawed. And we're kind of waiting because there's uh, some new stats. They have taken out in, in 4.0. They discarded uh, spell power. They discarded armor penetration. They discarded a whole ton of stats and really homogenized them into now you get spell power out of intellect. And so, that, so they're turning it into even more a play school MMO. Well, yeah. They, they're <laughs> having a really good time nerfing everybody. I have paladin healers that are just crying because they have been nerfed so hard so you know 4.0 is really you know like a total reboot of whatever you know the hunters out there i know a couple of hunters over in the tmp get onto your talent trees it uh, looks like uh <laughs> believe it or not and a lot of hunters will cringe at this beast mastery <laughs> right now in 4.0 is a very nice talent because they've overpowered the pets um you know there's just a lot of changes and everybody is ba basically having to go back to square one and figure out their class again well anyway um, isn't it, the world rumbling now as a, as yes. a uh... oh my goodness yes you can be in any of the major cities and there's you know, all of a sudden you'll be uh, you'll be at the auction house. You'll be posting your auctions for the week, and then all of a sudden everything will rumble, and you're like, "Whoa, dust is kind of falling from the ceiling." You know, what would be so, cool is if, if when the rumble happened, everyone would like fall down. Uh, you know, <laughs> it's I, I have a feeling it, the rumbling is going to become a, a little bit more severe as we go. Uh, now um, there are there's just so much stuff to cover. Now I I am. I was lucky enough to uh, have a guild master who let me write an essay for the guild beta essay contest. And we got picked. My guild got picked for it. But a uh, little tip from from uh, from me to all of you wowers. Uh, before Cataclysm goes live, I want you guys to be logging out in. Uh, if you are Horde, make sure you're logging out over in Razor Hill near Ogremar. And uh, for the Alliance, you'll be wanting to log out in Goldshire, which is near Stormwind. And trust me when I say you are going to say thank you for that because there are new flight points at those locations that you'll be able to fly into the major cities while everybody is, you know, jostling around and logging out in those towns and lagging out and crashing. You're going to be able to go straight to the new flight trainer, get your Azerothian navigation for a nice whopping 250 gold and take to the skies. Wow, that's it? That's right. That's right. They've changed it. It's uh, now, Is right that NDA? Now, are you supposed to be telling us that? No, uh, actually... It's kind of well known. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, they talk about it on the forums a lot. Anyway, oh, wait, 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 wait. That allows you to fly in Azeroth, but that doesn't give you the speed boost, does it? Uh, no, speed boost is completely different. So if you have not done your what a long, strange trip it's been, they get been, you coming and going. I tell you, get your uh, well. What you can do to go around having to pay all that money for your three ten flight speed is uh, work on your uh, the uh, holiday achievements. You know, and you go down and when you complete them all, you get one that's called what a long, strange trip it's been, and you're awarded with a three ten violet proto drake. Yeah, as soon as you have that, you don't have to pay for it anymore. So, yeah, get working on that, guys, because that's like that's pretty huge but you know 4.0 really is the jumping off point for a lot of stuff now there is some stuff i don't know if I, we've got some raiders out there and you guys are going to want to hear this i have actually been sitting in on i got my blizzcon virtual ticket which was a lot of fun and uh just yesterday 
October 22nd, I sat and watched the Raid and Dungeon panel for uh, BlizzCon. And some neat notes in there are that um, simply the uh, newest raid coming out in patch 4.1 is called the Firelands. It what they have done is they've decided to take all the dungeons and they have done, they are shooting for around seven bosses per, uh, per uh, raid instance now because they want everything to be clearable in an evening. And I thought that was really interesting because there's a lot of raids who, you know, one night you'll get 25 people, another night you'll get 10. And so they have this new flexible raid lock system that you can now, you know, if you have 25 people one night, but you can only get 10 on your second night of raiding, you could break it down into a, uh, a 10 man, which is nice. Man, so for you complain you about how, how we do uh, tech talk and man, when you get into your wow stuff, yeah. you just, you don't even have the perspective anymore. How, how lost you are for all the details you're talking <laughs> sorry, about. Sorry, sorry, sorry. But you know, the wow raiders out there will know exactly what I'm talking about because I love my, my wow people. You guys rock. Whether you are Horde or Alliance, love you both. But I have to say, Worgen. Worgen for the win! Anyway, Worgen. I think, I do think the Worgen are neat. Worgen are just, yeah, man. I, I just, well, the man. only thing I'm thinking is, like, maybe people might want to roll or attune brand new again so they can see what the, because the, the content's supposed to be all new yes. from 1 to 80, you know, so. Well, and I, and I have to say, the goblins, gob, goblins are rocking for you hordies. Try a goblin. I think you'll really enjoy it. A, and they, they, uh, they are getting one of the world's coolest mounts. They get a little go-kart. And so, yes. yeah, the, the goblins, goblins out there are going to be go-karting around. And so, yeah. Warcraft cart. I just want to know what they uh, they say when you when you tell them to do silly. Hmm? When, you, when they say the jokes. Oh, I you know I did I did not try the jokes. Maybe they'll but, make some reference to the blue shell. Oh, but uh, for the for the worgen, some of the jokes are really good. The male worgen jokes, wow. You know how they how, how sometimes you go you know I don't bite hard. You know they uh, they have jokes like that. It's like hey I've been flea dipped, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's you know. There's but there's some really exciting stuff going on inside the patch. You know, take some time. Don't let 4.0 for all my wowers out there. Don't let 4.0 throw you off. You guys are from Uru. This means you adapt, improvise, overcome. You know, and they're making it easier. And don't forget in 4.1, the mount for uh, uh, the Baron's mount in Stratholme is going bye bye. The the uh, reigns of the Raven Lord over in Sethic Halls is going bye-bye. Uh, the uh, mounts in Zulgarub going bye-bye. So go out, make your raid groups, and get in there to those instances or whatever and farm those mounts because once they are gone, it is over. You know, that you will not see them again. So, Raven you know, cool. Guess what? You can have your shot at a bird and you can go every day. Remember, heroics reset every day. How, so, how, uh, how, how frequent is the drop? Oh, gosh. The uh, Reigns of the Raven Lord is like sub 1% oh drop rate. So you have to go through and find that thing every God. Day. Okay. Yeah. yeah, whatever. Okay. And it's, hey, you know what? It's just like Baron's Mount. It's, it's like the Baron's Mount in Stratholm. You, either you're going to get it or you're not. Uh, I think I'm done with 4.0. Hey, you guys want to see some cool stuff? Someone posted a link here on this website. Wing, wing, stop hacking. What wing. are you doing? It, 
Jeez, Wang. This is my Steve. Okay, I got it back. Sorry, guys. I actually managed to get myself fished in Steam. Darn those fishers. Yeah, um, apparently uh, someone sent me a link saying that uh, they had po- someone had posted something about me on the Steam forums, and the link that they sent me actually sent me to a very uh, legitimate-looking uh, Steam community login page, but it didn't have my login info, and I was stupid enough to log into it. Just just to, to, to clarify, do things get posted about you on the forums very often? Uh, no. So you're not a scandalous steamer? No, I'm not. He's not yes, you are. I lost control. Quit lying, Wing. <laughs> I lost my cr- control of my account for a little bit. Um, apparently... I hear it was just sending out the exact same message through my Steam account. But I managed to get back a little advice for anyone who does manage to get fished. Just reset your password. That'll probably do it. I actually had that happen to my WoW account. And I think what it is is I I actually didn't, I never uh, bookmarked the World of Warcraft site. And so I just kept Googling, you know, to find it, to log into it. Because it wasn't, it wasn't the worldofwarcraft.com I was going to, it was the us.battle.net, I think it was. (laughs) So in any case, uh, um, So I, I kept logging in. I think just one time I, I clicked on the wrong search link. They, they somehow managed to jam the search terms. And I logged in one day and found all my armor missing. <laughs> I had no you gold. You naked. And uh, I was like, I'm like how, how do you fix this? Because you're, without your armor and the stats that, they, that it gives you, you are not formidable at the level you're at. So there's, there's really oh, nothing nice you can do about it. I help you get? Just kidding. So I... Uh, I'm not formidable anyways. I'm squishy mage. Oh, no. You, you guys have to see John as a boomkin, though. He's just so cool. It's like, it's it's Janathus with a broccoli chorus line. It's it's so cute. <laughs> you need to make a character in your guys' it. server. I wonder if they actually dance. If you, if you dance, they if the trees do. will dance. No, I, no, the trees do not dance. <laughs> I guess a lot sure. of accounts are being hacked and fished all over the place. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, my friend yeah, I, Matt... I keep getting silly phishing attempt emails in, yeah. I, in my spam box. Yep, my Gmail is aware of the, uh, the WoW phishing emails, and I get at least a couple a week. I've started to get them too, and the biggest thing that you know, and there's a there's a huge argument within this is that you you need to get an authenticator. Whether you can pay a dollar for a mobile authenticator for your iPhone, or you can pay you know six fifty for one that sits on your keychain like what I have, and you know what I I honestly am a really big believer in the authenticators. Uh, well, because I don't know. I, so I don't, one of the, one of the guys in the guild I was in before, something went wrong with his authenticator, and then he was locked out of his account until he could get that reversed. Yeah. So. But you know what? It's worth it. Well, you know, my thing is. That trouble. My approach has been. I mean, I've had the same password for several years, for a lot of things, and I I, I do what I call tiered passwords. Um, like a, like I have like this super simple. It's my last name for sites that I don't care about. Um, although you wouldn't be able to connect the login name because I don't, I use random login names for those. But it's like a site that you know, if somebody were to hack my account and like make forum posts in my name, oh no, big deal, you know. And I give them my email address that I consider the throwaway where I, I think I'll get spam and I do. But on the higher level passwords, I have like you know two words and a number, and then for the highest level password, I hold shift for certain letters and I replace certain letters with counterparts like I is replaced by exclamation point, A's are replaced by the at symbol and so forth. So um, the highest level password are for places where money is involved. Things like, you know, yeah. iTunes and Amazon. PayPal. Yeah. So 
Um, and so th- my advice on that front is not so much the uh, the activator because I just I think it's it's too much of a it, it authenticator puts you in too much of a hole in my opinion because if that if it goes bad or whatever reason you know the puppy chews it up or something too bad you're stuck my thought is just make sure you change your passwords on a regular basis uh, yes. make sure that they are complex and yes. try to yeah. have some variations and the one thing I, I noticed yes. is how does not accept special symbols in their password which kind of bugs me so you can't even make a hardened password. Well, the whole thing for me is that, you know, I work for my passwords, I work a minimum of 15 characters, minimum 15 characters. And then it is a, a mix of letters and numbers. I never have the same password twice. Yeah, Drakmath got hacked on his Gmail, and now his passwords are like, you know, EXF1MC2 capital F, you know, just crazy alphanumeric well, sequences. My friend KP who is really an awesome guy, what he does is he actually bases his off of movies. And so he'll take his favorite line out of a movie and he will turn it into his password and he'll take the line, the first letter of every word in in, in the line of the movies. Yeah. And then he'll, he'll do it like that. And I think it can be remembered. Yeah. Yeah. So he can easily remember it. I've understood that. I mean, that's been a recommendation from the security classes I took in school, but I just, I could never wrap my mind around it. It just doesn't work for me. So I take words that I consider things that I would remember, mm-hmm. and then I pervert them by changing, you know, E's for threes, you know, I's for exclamation points, and capitalizing random parts of it. Yeah. You know, like, like if, there's, if there's a syllable, like, you know, um, I don't know, star fisher, you know, the, the S in the middle of fisher would be capitalized because it's a syllable. It should be capitalized. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? And it's also, you know, one thing people, I think, forget when it comes to computer security is to have safe browsing habits. I mean, safe browsing habits is probably your best insurance against being hacked. Because if you're going to sites that are trusted, you've got your firewall up, you know, I mean, you know. Well, there's there's a couple of levels on that that front. I mean, it's not just the sites. It's the the content. If you find it difficult... As an example, you're trying to, say, download a wallpaper or a screensaver or something from a site. You're having trouble clicking on the actual link that does it. That's a pretty good sure sign that you're on a site that's not good. And if that content is legitimate, there's someplace else to get it. Um, Additionally, another way to safeguard yourself is to actually switch web browsers from Internet Explorer. Um, Firefox or Google Chrome will give you the most secure environment. I mean, to my opinion, Chrome is the the more secure of the two because Firefox, um, (laughs) I had a a Trojan slip through on Firefox uh, around the time that I finally committed to using Chrome full-time. And... uh, Oh, I love Chrome. Yeah, I really do. It's like the world's greatest browser. I, you know, I I switched. I was on Firefox. And as soon as Google Chrome came out and I tried it, I was like... Oh, I'm liking. Yeah. yeah. And so I just switched to Google Chrome. My coworker's like, oh, it's, it's too girly for me. I'm like, what is, what's girly about it? It's just simple. <laughs> it, you know? It's so clean. It's, it's a very clean browser. Yes, it's very clean. It's um, like, wow, there's so much more like actual visible web space as opposed to like all the crud that was cluttered up by toolbars. Yeah. On, uh, my well, other also, browsers. It's, it's no matter what Internet Explorer does, no matter what. Firefox does, and I've tried. I'm trying both the current betas. They still don't load as fast as Chrome. Not the program, not the web pages. Their commercials really? do not lie. 
their commercials do not lie. I mean, I you, tried, you load something up and zing, it's yeah. done. I tried Chrome and it took longer to boot up than Firefox did. It's, that's not by my experience. Yeah, that's well. <laughs> I have I've installed Chrome on a couple of customers' computers, and it won't run properly. So something has been wrong in those cases. But the vast majority, I had a guy on AOL one day who was like, first off, that was that was his beginning. AOL. Problem. He's on AOL. <laughs> and, and so, like, all he does is, like, these people who deal with AOL, like, as far as they're concerned, if their computer were boot AOL, they would be happy. They don't even want to know what Windows does. And so um, his problem was his game site was loading very slowly and in some cases wasn't loading at all. I installed Chrome and clicked the same site, and bam, there it was. It popped right up. I was like, wait a minute, I think I might like this Chrome thing. <laughs> Yeah, AOL, of course, is not a good comparison because AOL is not just a browser. AOL has a lot of overhead because of all the communication <laughs> it does. But in any case, AOL uh, is a steaming pile of. You get the idea. Stuff. Yeah. The, well, the uh, the just point, the main point with Chrome, the one thing I really like about it is it will stop sites and say, "Wait a minute, this looks bad. Maybe you might want to not go here." Yeah. And, and I, I love personally how if you are not on a site that is a secure site, it will literally put a red slash through the HTTP to let you know, hi, you're not on a secure site. So be careful what you're entering. Be careful yeah. what you're, you and, know, um, and like that. And in addition to using the safe browser and having safe browser habits, anytime anyone sends you any link at all, make sure you read the entire thing. If it's claiming to be, you know, a site that you know or a site that you trust, make sure you read it and compare it to the actual URL yeah. of the site. Usually mm -hmm. in the web browser, I'm not sure if it's just if every web browser or just Gmail, but usually if you put your pointer on the link, it'll tell you where the address actually goes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Bottom left corner, yes. I always check that. Yes. Always just read the URLs the that you get. Yeah. Because I have had numerous phishing attempts try to sucker me in, and they're slight deviations from trusted sites you know well, like maybe there's a period in between words or something always read the entire url yeah they could be used but well, i've got uh, i've gotten phishing emails where like they will actually disguise the url so like the link that appears in the email looks like a valid link but it's actually you know even if it says like you know battle.net if you hover your cursor over that link the displayed link in the bottom left corner is actually different than what you see on the screen. So you, you always want to check that as well. Yeah, well, always be suspicious of shortened URLs. You know, tiny URL or bit URL or whatever they're called. Always, always check to see where they go before you actually go there. Because mm -hmm. even if it's from someone you trust, you don't know if they've been, you know, hijacked or if there's a bot in control of their account. Always make sure that you you check the links. It's not all bad stuff that you could be doing because websites can be hacked, and it, and it doesn't have to be illegitimate sites. It happens in the New York Times, for Christ's sake. I mean, yes. it's it happens all over the place. So, yes, it, there's you need a regular virus scan. Um, you need antivirus if you don't have it. A really powerful scanning tool that you can use in the in lieu of like if you think you're infected but your antivirus ran out and you can't afford to get another one right now, malware bites. It's free and it does a great job of cleaning systems. And if you step in soon enough, it'll be enough. If you wait, you know, you know you might have an infection, but you can't really do anything about it now and you have to pay somebody to get it to fix. You sit on it for a while. Well, infections on computers don't heal, they just get worse. And uh by the point you finally decide it's bad enough, you get somebody to, to look at it and say, okay, there's nothing we can do. We've got to wipe it. 
system's got to be reformatted. We can't even boot into safe mode. You know, this is what I deal with on an everyday basis. And so you want to do take steps to correct these things as soon as possible. And if you do not have a virus software like Norton or or something, if you don't have that, shame on you. Get your computer protected. Yes. Goodness. There are free options. Like there's Microsoft Security Essentials. There's AVG. Um, I believe there's a, a VAX. Actually, don't use AVG. It has a horrible security rating. Uh, use something else other than AVG. I like Avira. Avira, yeah. I like uh, I like Microsoft Security Essentials personally. It seems to be pretty aware. It's a very very lean program. It, it doesn't take mm-hmm. a lot of resources. You can scan, and your computer is still usable, which is really awesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, the interfaces makes a lot of sense. As as to as com- a comparison, one of the pay products that uh, one of the uh, stores I work for uses McAfee. I'm not a fan of McAfee, but it, I'm not. It's not because it is or is not effective. I actually don't know on that front. But like finding where to change the schedule for the scan, finding where to change the schedule for the update, is like it, it makes me look stupid because I actually don't know where it's at, and I do this stuff for a living. So the first time I figured out where it was, I wrote it down so that I, that wouldn't happen on, on future customers. Where do I go to the schedule? I'm like, oh, I'll bring up the, my little guide here. Okay, and you walk through this nonsensical process, whereas, like, you bring up Security Essentials, and it makes, like, there's, like, there's four tabs. Three of them are exactly what the tabs say. The fourth one's all the settings. And the settings is just, like, being in my router. You've got a list on the left and stuff on the right. You click an item on the left, the stuff on the right changes. And it's very easy to find stuff. And... That kind of lean, mean, easy-to-use program is, is one of the things that you like in a security product because sometimes you don't have to, time to mess around with it. You need to scan now. No, you need to update now. Now, now, now. You know? So <laughs> these things, putting up blockades to me is un- unpleasant. Norton isn't – I don't know how good an antivirus it is. I think it's rated pretty average or above average. I like Norton. I, but it's, I have but it's a very, very heavy program. It's, uh, I'd rather sure. have heavy. I'd rather have a, a Mac truck protecting my machine. Yeah, but it it, it can be. Uh, and some of the systems I've run into, customers like the thing is so slow. I don't know what's going on. We uninstall Norton. And, oh, it's so much better now. <laughs> that, yeah. Is it? I mean, yeah. that's, there are good programs. When you've got share, your machine's not a good indication. You've got a gaming machine, so you've got dedicated video. You've got a lot of RAM. You've got a lot of hard drive space. These are the things that you know. Are good, but these machines these customers are getting are still, you know, in the less than 200 gigabyte hard drive. Some only have two gigabytes of RAM, and they all have integrated video. You know what? The the my latest my latest acquisition for my software library was actually to get Office 2010 because mm. I was running Office 2000. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah it made things a little Office 2000 is the minimum that will run in Vista. Yeah, and so now I uh, yeah. Uh, what was it? PowerPoint just kept crashing. So, yeah. you know, I went and uh, purchased my uh, Microsoft Office 2010, which is really wonderful. And I, I really enjoy it. And so, you know, it's one of those things you, you have to do with your computer what, what works for you. I did. Yeah. I did do one better. I got the Office 2010, the all the bells and whistles, 64 bit. And, uh, all, right, all right, let me worship at the altar of the genius. Wait, 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 wait. All right. wait I, I, have, I have awesome news on this front, and this is really taking us down a chipmunk hole here. Um, have you ever heard of TechNet? Nope. Ooh. Nope. Okay. Let's say we go to Newegg, and we're going to buy some OEM copies of software. Okay, we're going to buy Windows 7 64-bit Ultimate Edition, and we're going to buy the OEM copy of Office. I don't know what it costs anymore, but it's got to be at least 200 some odd dollars. Okay, that's OEM for me? 
OEM original equipment manufacturer. Aha! Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So on. it's so it's like it's the one it's the retail copy has has a warranty and tech support and stuff which nobody ever uses and even if you did you're gonna be disappointed so what's the point? So why pay the retail price of four hundred dollars for ultimate or whatever it's costing three eighty three ninety? You could pay two hundred. But in any case, what what I'm driving at here is Office and uh, Windows four hundred bucks right there. If you get TechNet, if you get the coupon, it costs two hundred fifty dollars. You get ten licenses of everything. I think they actually take it down to five. I take it back. It's going down to five. Yeah, it is five because people were uh, giving five, away their keys. Five licenses of everything. So you've got five licenses of Windows 7 Ultimate, five licenses of Windows 7 Ultimate 64-bit, five licenses of Windows Vista 64-bit Ultimate, five licenses of Windows Vista Ultimate non-64-bit, Windows XP Service Pack 3, Server 2008, Microsoft Office 2010. Five licenses of all of these for $250. It's a yearly thing, though. You have to pay every year. Yeah. But the nice thing is, is when, like, the new versions of the operating systems come out, you don't have to wait for the retail release. It's on TechNet. You can get it. In yep. addition, when the new version, like, the Slipstream installers, like the Windows disk that actually has the service pack built into it, you can get yeah. that download instead of having to install Windows and then the service pack. So, and mm-hmm. for 250 bucks, if you were ever to spend the kind of money to get this software, in both cases, if you ever needed to, this would be the better deal. And if you happen to live in a household with multiple computers, in which I do, uh, you would have the ability to populate those computers with those licenses, which is not in spirit keeping with what it's intended for. It's intended for developers that need to go through licenses left and right. Yeah, you're building a new piece of software. You need to. But it's like it's like you know being on the freeway and it's all clogged up, but this road over here is clear. Well, I'm going to go on the clear road because I can go faster. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, it's uh, nice, though. I uh, took a break and... For some reason, you know how sometimes the cavern just calls to you? You ever had that where you're just yeah, like, I've had you know, that. I need to go into cavern right now. And I was actually, <laughs> I w- I've been uh, reading books on spirituality and stuff like that. And, and I read the Celestine Prophecy. I know, don't boo hiss or whatever. But it was, you know, and it was just this neat little thing. It says, you need to notice coincidences. And so I was, I said, you know, at some, for some reason, I just need to go into cavern. And lo and behold, I bump into one of my TMP family members that I hadn't seen since there.com four years ago. And he had just downloaded Missed Online Uber Live and had just installed it and he went into the city and there I was sitting at the top wow, of the steps. Wow, so you're like psychic, talking. STP yeah, or something well, like that. It, it was so funny though and it was really neat and so I posted on Facebook <laughs> of, you know, what are you thinking now? I'm like, yeah, I'm in I'm in Mool and I, M-O-U-L and my friend, my friend KP goes, Mool? And I'm like, you know that cavern I keep talking about where the people are really cool and everybody's really great? There. Yeah, that's it. Um, uh, Uru. And it was really cute because I sat there and visited and I come back to Facebook not an hour later and there's like, you know, five people that are my friends going, oh my God, I didn't know you were in there. Had I known you were there, I would have gone. And it's just so funny because for for just some weird reason, I went into Cavern and by the way, I went and saw Minkata with no walkthrough. Oh my gosh! I don't know. Do that again. <laughs> I still can't find the soccer ball. I you know, still can't I, find the soccer ball. You know, I just I don't understand why Minkata's got to be so huge. I mean, it, why can't the walkthrough be still like maybe a hundred paces out instead of like you know five hundred and some odd? Because that would make it easy. Well, so I, it, I don't mind easy. 
<laughs> when, when has being from our community ever been easy? When have the puzzles ever been easy? Well, I want, okay, I want the trees Jalak. back that were obviously growing there at one point. Forget Jalak. Forget Jalak. But I'm serious. You know, we are not from a world. What if Jalak is a puzzle we still haven't solved? <laughs> you know what? Jalak? I'm sorry. They can shellack like Jalak because I ain't going. But, you know, I, I went through and I. Still I like Walker. Huh? Oh, it's, like, it's it's this four-way soccer game that I invented in Jalak. I call it Quaker. Oh, and see, you know, you have to go and see the Quabs and Anone. And so, if if I if I don't leave my 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 friends in the community with anything, go in and say hi to people. Go. go do you ever uh, and, do you ever go in and and just reset an age just to play through it again? Yes, yes, I've done that. I'm many times. The one I will not redo for all the tea in China would be, uh, Ni Hao. Uh, no, is, um, Anone. Yep, I that's, I was gonna say. That's, that's the one I won't touch. I won't touch Anone. I wouldn't reset that one either. Yeah, but um, I went totally reset, right uh, you know I, what I haven't done, though? You know what I have not done? I have not done the door puzzles. I, you guys went and you had the, the uh, back in April, you guys had the uh, griefer, the griefer from hell that kept uh, pushing claws. I have still have yet to do the door puzzles, so I need we we all need to go in, you know, have some. Oh yeah, I have. I don't. I have I haven't yet done those to finish either. my entire journey because I cannot stay connected when I'm alone in an age. I get disconnected after about a minute or so. Like, although. The sole exception seemed to be Teladon. For some reason, I could stay connected. And see, that's the reverse for me. Teladon's the one I seem to get booted from the most. It's the shrooms, Dalkin. Quit eating the shrooms. But they're so tasty. Dalkin in the sky (laughs) with shroomy. (laughs) The shroom burgers. Hey, I owe you. I forgot the name of the age, but the one I always like is the tree age. Age. There are so many trees. No, the the, the one where uh, the Relto page is a tree. That is Kaddish. Kaddish, yes. Kaddish Dorisa. Yeah, that's the one I'll reset and replay. Dude, that's the one I was. I really did like. Um, I like strolling through that one because they've got that the sound that gives you such a, a feeling for the size of the place. It was really well done there. Mm-hmm. And so anyway, let's let's move forward here. Um, yes. Finally. Sorry, sorry. Uh, I had to take a trip where to Cap. Uh, well, actually, speaking We were of, yelling at Wing. See, speaking of places underground, there is a bullet point called Minecraft. Now, this could be a mine that you're digging into, or it's what the, is it? Tell me about Minecraft. It's the most awesome sandbox game ever. <laughs> it, well, maybe Anthony would be better at, at starting this off. I, I, I'm really not good at kicking stuff off like this. Okay. All right. Minecraft... It's kind of just an open world where you get to build whatever you want. It's a world made out of blocks. <laughs> Have you it's ever like thought Lego of doing Legos kind of on a large scale? And don't the, don't the blocks have a pattern on it? It looks like it's reminiscent of like a Mario game to me. Mm, kind of. It's Everything in there is very retro as far as, you know, it's... It looks like an 8-bit game, pixelized. yeah. Yeah, 8-bit. But it looks like... It looks like what Doom would be if it was actually truly 3D. <laughs> True. Uh, yeah, uh, it, it's kind of like that. And But yeah, basically, when you start out, you're just kind of your avatar there. And, and you, you, you can like 
you can dig up the dirt with your hands and you can actually like claw like the trees and stuff um and like from that like you'll get like resources so you can make like wooden tools and like from that you can then like you know dig out the rocks and stuff basically you know you you mine you know like the into the the ground and you can make better and better tools like you you can start with like wooden tools and then you build up to like stone tools and then steel tools and etc all the way up to diamond and um the better the tool is the more uses you get out of it and the faster you can mine things and like certain things you can only mine with a certain kind of tool the thing about that is is that in um there's different modes of the game so there's like a creative mode and then there's a survival mode and the thing about the survival mode is is it's very imperative to make your shelter before the sun goes down because <laughs> or you, you're going to be running all night. Yeah. You are very squishy and there are a lot of things that like to eat you. And it so, gets very 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 dark. Yes, yes it does. Like, if you don't have yeah. torches at night, you <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the so, fun so, things about the game, though, is it's one of the elements that's similar to Uru. You can just spend all your time in peaceful mode just exploring. If mm-hmm. you dig down, you're almost guaranteed to hit a cave or some set of caves in a labyrinth system that go on forever. Mm-hmm. I mean, I just a week ago, we were just digging around on a multiplayer server of it and we just hit this one cave and we kept digging and digging and going further and further out and there was just more and more it's still we haven't hit the end of the thing the stuff you can build in this is you can literally put together anything that you can imagine pretty much um yeah there's someone who actually made a battle cruiser a terran battle cruiser from starcraft yeah i saw and someone make a uh the skeleton to an enterprise d <laughs> someone made a computer someone, and then someone made actually they made the intro to what was it bioshock they made rapture yeah. oh yeah Speaking of big, let's talk about Black Mesa. It's been really anticipated. It's basically a mod it, for Half-Life 2. Yeah, it's a re-implementation or reimagining of the original Half-Life with modern graphics on Half-Life 2. Oh, wow. That yeah. sounds pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so, it was actually hey. born out of discontent with Valve's release of Half-Life Source, which only yep. added ragdoll Source physics, physics. better water. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait. Is this the same Black Mesa that they mention in Portal? Yes. Um, well, okay. Portal okay. is in the same there's universe. There's Black as Mesa, too. the location, and there's Black Mesa, the game. Black, Black Mesa, Mesa, the game, takes place in Black Mesa, the location. Okay. Yeah. The original Half-Life takes place in Black Mesa, the location. Black Mesa okay. Source is basically... it's a. They're updating the graphics and and all and everything. The engine, the physics, everything. The Black Mesa Source project is an effort to bring all the graphics and the sound and all that up to date with the current quality, taking full advantage of uh, everything that the Source engine has to offer. Yeah, yeah. it looks really nice. Yeah, thing it actually been it, in development some, for a while. To some extent, yeah. it looks better than Half Life Two. Well, okay, so you guys, they're 
it looks like they're reminting all these games. I mean, we're talking about good old games and how you can download that stuff now. Black Mesa. Yeah, they don't. They don't make them like they used to. And then you have your (laughs) Beyond Good and Evil, which is apparently getting a high definition re-release. Yep, high definition. They're gonna they're gonna touch up the textures. They're gonna raise the resolution to 1080p. They're redoing the music. Yep, we know that Beyond Good and Evil. Beyond Good and Evil 2 was announced in 2008 at E3. Yes. And here we are, 2010. You know, over two years, over three years later. Yeah. Excuse me, two years later, and we haven't had the uh, any kind of like not not even screenshots update on where the game is at. No. And so I don't know. I, I almost feel like the redo of Beyond Good and Evil HD is sort of to placate us. But uh, I'm willing to bet that that if Beyond Good and Evil 2 is coming, it's still a year off. Oh, I'd say it's a good um, two years off at the earliest. Let, let, let's go home for a second because we've talked. We've gone way beyond our our cavern home. <laughs> the Mist movie finds a partner for real this time. Yep. What is going on there? And of course, we have comics that are showing that. Oh yes, this lever works. Oh well, maybe if I push it, you know, and they're they're yeah. making fun of that about how our, our 3d spatial puzzles can be made into a movie but what they don't realize is that it's not a movie about the puzzles it's a movie about the story greatest it's story just a satire he understood what was going I on know, i know but still you know the penny arcade guide that was low uh, so tell me tell me about because i've been following the uh, production blog so let's let's talk about these partners who are the partners I just saw that it was um, something to do with the, the, the guy behind the Don Treader, the producer of the Don Treader. Okay, so it looks like uh, from the uh, the article we found, it is producers Hunt Lowry and Mark Johnson. Yep. And to quote the article, uh, have been partnered with Adrian Vanderbosch and Isaac Testerman of the Mysteria Film Group. Uh, it looks like they are having a lot of fun redoing the script and if they if if they hurt my beloved canon i am going to take a stick to somebody because you you know the the uh book of tiana is just so rich but it's one of those things you know how john john you were talking about how when i really went off on my wow stuff I, I was in my own little world, and only people who play WoW really know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's true. Okay, this is the same thing when we go into the Book of Tiana, is that you really have to have a background in the Misty universe to really go. Well, I think in some cases also they'll have to flesh out some details that uh, yeah. uh, that the book didn't cover. And this is one of the places where, as an example, um, a book I'm reading lately, um, they were talking about making into a movie. And the reason... I know they won't do it is because it talks about terrorism coming from India and China and whatever. And uh, there's just too much offense to be had making yeah. a movie about those kinds of things on the same, in the same vein, um, the book being turned into a movie, there's a lot of considerations like the, the houses didn't have roofs, but it looks like the renderings that they made at the cavern showed roofs. And there's just all these things that, you know, may or may not see the same light of day. Well, see, for me, my one problem, there is so much backstory to get to the point where Viovis is going to blow everything up. You know, there's so much backstory that is not even, you have to have lived through the Misty Universe and done all the games to know where you're at. So, 
uh, I'm I'm kind of out on that because if they if they excuse me, I'm sorry, bleep me if you must. But if they bastardize the book of Tiana, I am going to be so well, they, mad. I will protest. The problem, the problem to me is is you, there is um. When you're dealing with books and you're dealing with movies, you're dealing with experiences. These are things that it's hard to really do. Um, there's only been a few movies I've seen where they really, in my opinion, have captured what the book was. Um, I think The Da Vinci Code is almost the it's almost the same experience, book or movie. The other, the um, Angels and the Demons, not so much. Oh no, no. Oh gosh, uh, I walked out of the film. But there. the thing is, I mean, I don't, I don't really, um, I don't require that a movie be absolutely true to the books to be a good movie. Right. I and, mean, look at Tolkien. Yeah, like the, the Lord of the Rings movies were well, very well done, but there's a whole lot of the books left out. And my opinion is that when you make a movie, you're making an experience that movie goers will enjoy. And that's the that's the beginning and ending of the thrust of the discussion of what you want to achieve. The problem is, is that in this case, I don't know how this book is going to translate into a movie that our, uh, how should we say, more fickle American audiences tend to favor. It's some cases like uh, uh, the last Star Trek movie. J.J. Abrams did that, and oh, I'm sorry. There's another experience. Mission uh, Mission Impossible Three were both really clever, in my opinion. And in some cases they're well received, in some cases they're not. But they're not clever on the level of like they're thought provoking. They're just sometimes there's little twists in the movie that make you go, huh, okay. And that's the kind of thing that I think that would punch up this type of a movie is to make it really clever. But mm-hmm. I don't know if that's in the book. You know what I'm saying? So, well, I mean, the whole the whole thing is is that, you know, Rand and Robin they're a minister's son. Of course, it and the entirety of the Book of Tiana is really, you know, it interweaves these very spiritual themes. Yeah. And really, I don't. That's the hard part is translating that. I mean, we've got the action. We've got Atris grabbing Viovis before he plummets down, you know, when the earthquake hit. We've got, you know, we've got a lot of action. and But it's all very visually stunning to weave our story, which is long, drawn out, a lot like this talk. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's long, it's drawn out. You know, it's it's. It's something really huge that I don't think you can cover in one film. It's like, you know, doing the Harry Potter books, you know, to get all of it. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I've read some of the Harry Potter books. And there is so much detail missing when it hits the silver screen. Yeah. Well, and and as I said, you know, it's just impossible to put all of that in a movie without making it. I think that you're you're uh, setting yourself up for disappointment. I think there's going to be changes on a front that's going to. It's going to disappoint you, I think, because uh, uh, that's just the way movies tend – movies from books, movies from series is tend to go. If the movie even gets made, Mysteriacs, yeah. we wish you luck. I hope to goodness that we do see it on the silver screen so that way we can talk it out right here on TCT Talk. Yeah. So <laughs> let's go – one more. Let's go – I'm steering the boat. I am taking control of the wheel. Okay. <laughs> You guys are talking about Microsoft wants to challenge Teams. Our final bullet point. Yeah, now, that, that was me. That was me extrapolating the uh, what their intentions are. It may not be exactly what they're trying to do, mm-hmm. but what they're offering is something they want to. Uh, I haven't read the full article. It sounds like it's something they want to build into Windows 2000, Windows 8. They're revamping games for Windows Live to. Uh, be browser-based rather than just client-based to see if they can fix some of the issues they've had there. 
on the Windows 8 front, it looks like they're planning to include an app store directly into Windows, which might include things like the games for Windows Live stuff. Yeah. Well, in any case, uh, the things, the, the weaknesses, the way I see it with games for Windows Live is first off, it's when you install a games for Windows Live game, uh, and the first games for Windows Live game I got was uh, Gears of War, and I had Windows XP at the time. And it was such a kludge to get the game running. First off, you had to update Games for Windows Live. And every time I did I logged in. I would log in and provide information, check the box, say, remember this crap so I don't have to type it again. I have to put in the license key, type it in manually, and then start the game. Oh, there's an update for Games for Windows Live. Okay. Yeah, I had that whole bit with Fallout 3. And, and if, it was like, oh my god. And if you god. sit there and you wait, like, this is, I don't know if this or Windows 7 fixed it, because I think it was more smoother on the last Games for Windows Live game that I played was, was Bioshock 2, where it actually closed the game and launched the patcher, whereas you have to force the game to close after like 15 minutes of like, what the heck is going on? I'm waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally, when you shut the game down, the patcher launches. Okay, okay it needs to tell me this stuff so I, I know to do it. And then you launch the patcher, you log into Games for Windows Live. Oh, guess what? There's another Games for Windows Live update. I'm like, oh, crying out loud. So yeah. we do it another round, another of the shut the game down. Then you get the game, and then it's like, okay, this game has a patch. And every single time one of these little flippy-do things has to happen, I have to log back in again. Even though yeah, I told it to remember my login. Like Steam or yeah, Xbox see, Live. It, needs to be, it needed to be a client outside the game. They can update outside the game without the game being launched. And then, lo and behold, they did that. But um, the social portion, you know, where your friends see that you're online or whatever, or you can see that they're online, doesn't exist unless you're in a game. Mm-hmm. Which, again, is a fault to me. You know, Because sometimes you want to be joined into a party, and then you go into the game. Yeah. And that's that's where Steam just has them, you know. They, well, and, you know, it's just nice to be able to talk to people while you're waiting for this freaking update to go through. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh yeah, this update's gonna take me half an hour to to get done because, you know, it's, whatever reason. And, so in my, you know, my it's case, like, and you can't talk to anyone because you can't be in the game while while it's updating. Yeah. So to me, Steam has this thing beaten hands down already. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, I don't. I'm not saying Microsoft shouldn't do it, but the thing is, is like Ubisoft has gotten into the into the deal with uh, their their games on the PC require a PC connection, a, a constant PC connection to the internet in order for them to actually be activated, which is is not as big an issue if they aren't being uh, uh, denial of service attacked, like uh, the Assassin's Creed 2 was, but. It's just, it seems like uh, EA wants to have a, a piece of this pie. It's like everyone wants to have this connection required of your game in order them, for them to actually have all the, the content that you want. Like for uh, Mass Effect, in order to know that there's extras or whatever, you have to log into, what was it called? The something net. Cerberus Network. Cerberus Network, yeah. And so it's, it's like, my thing is that just everyone wants a slice of this pie, and I don't know why everyone must have it. You know, well, everyone wants it because it, to them, they can cut out someone in the middle and have more direct control over their cash flow. But you know, if the games are on Games for Windows Live's program, like I can download them there or I can get them on Steam, I'm getting them on Steam. If I can get it in a store in a disc or I can get it on Steam and I don't need a disc, I'm getting it from Steam. I mean, there's there's no comparison. Yeah. I mean, I I like the idea of being connected to the Xbox Live service. I like that this 
merges these social communities. But since you can't, if it was a multiplayer game, say Modern Warfare Two, which is not, it was just Steam based, not Games Runners Live. But let's just say it was Games Runners Live. If you could play with people on the Xbox, of course you would own them left, left, right, and upside <laughs> down. But <laughs> but if you if you could, that would be a, a bigger step for me. But the only game yeah. that they tried it that for, um, they had to nerf the PC players so hard that PC players didn't like it. It was a shit right. run. Yeah, Shadowrun. Yeah, so I don't know. It's I'm happy they're 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 advancing the platform, but when I open the program and I can't see my friends who are on Xbox Live or on Games for Windows Live online at that time, it's like, what is the point of this? It really. Yeah. No, you just might as well walk away from the the computer, and it's yeah. Yeah, if you want to be at the computer, it's irritating. Yeah, well, they also mentioned that they're going to they're going to have sales and what have you. And I was like, I don't know that your library is big enough to justify that. I mean, st- <laughs> I mean, I keep Steam on at all times because the sales could happen at any minute. <laughs> I know yeah, that I'm going to last for 24 hours, so I'm yeah. not too concerned there. I know that uh, in November, I'm just going to try to have as much extra money as I can because after Black Friday, the crazy Steam sales will start. Yeah, mm-hmm. but last year they had their crazy sales after Christmas. Uh, I don't know. I said, I forget when it was. <laughs> We had the we had the the week of craziness in July. Yeah, I think they had a crazy sales week after Christmas. Now, when did they have like the free portal day or weekend or whatever it was? Uh, free portal was the gateway to the Mac Steam client, if I recall correctly. Yeah. Uh, no, but guys, I I did want to hop in. You guys were saying something about it patching constantly. Uh, with 4.0 for for my WoW players, uh, with 4.0, what they did is they uh, Blizz debuted a new launcher. Is that it will you will download the patch to a certain point and then it becomes playable, so that way you can keep downloading content and then go play at the same time. Oh, so it's and just it's, like Guild Wars finally. Yeah, yeah, yeah Guild Wars. So they Guild Wars. Become, Steam. They, yeah. they finally stepped up and it's very similar to Steam and everything like that, where you know you're able to get your update while you play. Yeah, so but it, it can download. So long as that initial while. patch though took for. Ever. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. That's it wild did, patches but, for you. It yeah, was like, like, it took hey, me like two at, hours. It was like, oh my God. At least it's new content, okay? Now, be grateful for what you got. You know, it, it's one of those things. This should be a basic uruism for you guys. Be grateful for what you have and make do with what you got. Yeah. But, you know, that's just me. It's not a problem um, with me. I don't well, play well. It's hard to make do with what I got if I can't use it. <laughs> it's true. So, for this edition of TCT Talk, this was Janathus. That's me. Wing. My microphone smells like Fruit Loops. Ew. Uh, <laughs> Anthony. <laughs> See you guys around. Dawkins. Farewell, citizens. <laughs> oh, God, now they've got me laughing. <laughs> That's our job. <laughs> oh, God. And I'm Sherry. Thanks so much for listening. See you next time.
piece was called Ver Calidus, and it was written and produced by our very own Mars. Now it's time to hear from the one and the only Moog. Hello again. This is Moog for the Cavern today. I never tire of this view. Sitting alone on the grand staircase and looking out toward Carath's arch. As many times as I've been to this spot, the emotions I feel here haven't diminished since the very first time I climbed the stairs and turned around to look across a gorgeous shining lagoon. This was once a place of gathering for us, but it's so quiet now. It's a good place to meditate, and I like to bring along some of my favorite books and spend entire afternoons lost in the wonder of the cavern and lost in a good story. Today I'm reading the book of Tiana again. It's a thrilling saga, and not surprisingly, revisiting the story here in the very cavern where it took place is a deeply moving experience. So many blame Tiana for the fall, but I can't bring myself to do that. Perhaps in an earlier, more enlightened time, she would have eventually been welcomed by all of the Dunny. Oh, there surely would have been opposition, but nothing like the rebellion that came at the hands of Viovis. Tiana was a gentle-hearted explorer, an adventurer, and not a destroyer. I feel that she was more like the Denis of old than they'd care to admit. She entered the cavern because she was driven. It was something new, something she hadn't yet seen, and that was all the motivation she needed. Her heart was hungry for new horizons, and in the cavern, she found so much more than she could even imagine. She found wonders. She found an ancient civilization. She found wisdom. She found prejudice. She found love. And she found calamity. How tragic it was that there were some to whom the letter of the old Denis laws meant more than the spirit of those laws, as if these men could even think that far outside their narrow mindset. The true Denis thrived on exploration, on defining new worlds and then traveling to them to drink in their wonders. What happened? How could that spirit be so thoroughly consumed by blind pride? Oh well, the ones who could answer those questions are no longer with us, I'm afraid. Yisha could probably explain it all, and I'd love to sit here and discuss the old Denis with her, but her work has taken her far from us. I always think about Tiana when I come to the cavern. For at first, I too was an outsider, but at least there were no Dunny to bar my entry. They had all departed long ago at the time of the fall. This time, as the great tree grew again, I found friendship and a warm camaraderie that made the cavern and the ages destinations I eagerly sought on an almost daily basis. What a joy it was to link in and find fellow explorers kindred spirits with whom I could share my adventure. Just as Tiana found her soul mate in Atris, I bonded with my friends who had also felt the call. And even though I'm rather shy by nature, and reluctant to open my heart to strangers, it was different in the cavern. I knew that we had all come for the same reason, and this drew us together. But just as with the old Dunny, the grandeur of a new Denis civilization was too much to hope for. Restoring the cavern has proven to be a, a much bigger challenge than anyone anticipated. The DRC has moved out, 
and left us only the few linking books they had found and approved. It's now up to us to emulate the old Denis and write new ages, and many have taken the plunge. But old ways die very hard, and without the guilds of old, these new ages have been made available to only a handful. So many of us want to visit them, but we can only wait until new procedures have been put into place so that the books can be safely distributed to us, the new Denis. And in the meantime, we wait. Much later in her life, an older and wiser Tiana asked her son, Atris, what do you see? And sitting here on these steps, I can hear her ask me, Moag, what do you see? My answer? I see wonders. I see vivid dreams only partially fulfilled. I see hope in the face of failure. I see faith in the original promise. I see potential. I see good friends. And perhaps that last is the best of all. For the Cavern Today, this is Moag signing off. You know, it's always amazing when I consider the talents of our staffers and, well, the talent found throughout the Uru community. I mean, just when you figure things are stagnant and you've seen it all, someone comes out with some amazing treat to dazzle you or show you that the community is still alive and kicking. I mean, perhaps we work not to restore what once was, but to form what can be. I leave you with that. And for the cavern today, this is Tyon. See you next time. But Pamela, she seems so so friendly. This call is being recorded. And Japan gets all the good days. Because that's where they're made. I don't understand why that's important. Video games come from Japan. <laughs> Look, chocolate orange. Oh, where? Go get it. And Ask me how to get there, and I told you how to get there. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're going to miss it. And Are we there yet? We'll get there when we get there. Ew. That's cheating. That's not true letter. That's not true widescreen. No, I'm sorry. I have the weather thing in front of me, and I know that it's Ooh. right because the weather is always right. I shall find you an image, and you will see how cool they are. But when you actually get into it, it's tedious foppery. What's foppery? That was my question. <laughs> you know what? We should really save this for the talk. We really should. We should. We should start this before we waste yes. any more ideas. Yeah, we we we're 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 going quick because I'm not wasted. Is wing wasted? Alham was wasted last night. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I was like, hey, we're all up. Why don't we just do it now? And everybody's like, Alhan's drunk. <laughs> Alhan's drunk. Wow, that's not something I could really imagine. Dun, dun, dun. Nathus is loud with his kitchen stuff. It sounded like he was making ice. There's ice going in a glass.
which means that his computer is close to his kitchen. Where his kitchen is close to his computer. I like to call him Dalkini Starbini, but you know, it's up to you. Okay, so who, who <laughs> else like is in here with us? Playhouse. Starbini? I'm not. Seriously? <laughs> it sounds like someone from Pee Wee's Playhouse. We're back to using our aliases. We've, we've been back. So, so An Anthony is no longer Anthony, he's now Anthony. <laughs> yeah. Anthony. Which one? You're confusing her! <laughs> You're confusing I'm me! Gonna...